Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Drop Your Buffs podcast, where we recap the strategy, the social game, and the stupidity of each Survivor episode. I am here with my friend Dion Alexander. Dion, how's it going? Good, and I am here with Hannah Fleming, the fourth place survival challenge contestant from 2018. How are you, Hannah? Uh, no big deal. No big deal. I'm doing good. That's <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, I have been um, on the edge of my seat for, so today is Saturday. The Survivor episode, premiere episode was on Wednesday, and I have been yes. like, just like waiting to talk to you about this. Like we've been on the phone a couple times. We talked we about the Big Brother finale mm -hmm. and we did not let ourselves talk about Survivor yet because we wanted to no. wait until we were recording. <laughs> Correct. So a lot, a lot has happened um, in between that time, just in terms of like letting it sink in, figuring out how we feel about this episode. And to be honest, I'm stoked. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited with how this season has begun. And I think the most exciting thing was we got a beginning that we've never seen before. They turned up straight to the island. And not only an island where they get to like meet each other and meet, no, they got to their own camp and the game began. And before we begin this uh, talking about the episode, I want to surprise you with something. Stop. I want to, <laughs> I, um, I came up with a list of like survivor questions that I wanted to ask you really fast. Okay, so this is me being put straight into my camp. No time to like let it sink in. Okay, no, let's go. So you know, like on Family Feud at the the last round, how um, the the host oh, you gotta, like yeah. asks really quick questions, and you have to say the first thing that comes into mind. Mm -hmm. well, like I'll... like uh, name a yellow fruit, and I say orange. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I only say that because somebody did that. No, for real? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see how you do with these <laughs> questions. So, okay. Dion, I have a list of a handful of survivor questions so mm -hmm. that uh, everyone listening can get to know you as a survivor fan a little wow. bit better. You don't All have right, to answer super quick. You might have to take a second to think, mm. but I'm going to do the it. answer kind of quick. All right, here yeah. we go. Mm -hmm. Ready and Dion, when did you start watching Survivor? I was 10 years old. It was the first season of Survivor as it aired on TV. But okay. Are you a casual fan, super fan, or super duper fan? Super duper fan. I attend events as well as viewing the show and I travel the country and it actually got me to America where I sat in the studio for Heroes vs. Villains. So I think that's super duper. I also agree. Um, who is your favorite Survivor player? Oh, it's a tie. I love Sandra and Sari. They're both my queens, and I will. I refuse to choose between the two of them. What is your favorite season? Oh, I always say Survivor China. I think it's one of the best casts that we've seen. Every single person was so completely different. The setting was incredible. It's something we've not seen again. They were just living in mud the whole time. I think that everybody had their 
edit where it's like, it's the lunch lady, it's the, you know, the flight attendant, it's the waitress, it's everybody had their own distinct categorization, you knew who everybody was, it was easy to follow, and it just reminded me of the first season. It was, I agree, that was an awesome season. Okay, so you're on Survivor, you win reward, do you pick tarp or fishing gear? Tarp. You, you want to see me go out to the water and dry the fish? Um, I'm going to try and stay dry. That was my whole thing. The whole time I played Survival Challenge, I was staying out of the water. Even Sandra wrote in a comment, Dion's the smart one because he's not getting wet. <laughs> okay, you find a hidden immunity idol. Do you tell your number one ally or do you keep it a secret? You keep it a secret unless... What I learned, if you find the idol with your closest ally, then you tell them how we're going to tell people about this idol. But then if you're on a tribe with Hannah, she will tell people you have a real idol when you told her it was a fake idol and she will ruin everything. So oops, don't tell oops. anyone. My bad. Okay, Dion, <laughs> would you ever throw a competition? Oh, see, this yes is or no? Yes or no? Would you no, throw it? I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, I really don't think you have it in you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you rather eat Survivor pizza or Survivor nachos? Uh, wait, is there a difference? Is it like gross? They're both. They both look gross to me. Oh, okay. Wait, uh, Survivor pizza. I guess it's easier to eat. All right. And my last question: You find yourself on the island of idols. Who are you asking advice from, Rob or Sandra? Sandra, she's a little more my speed. I think uh, I think I'd learn from listening to Rob, but I'd have more questions for Sandra. Awesome. Well, thank you for answering my uh, little fast questions about Survivor. <laughs> wow, you you like woke me up. I feel invigorated. Thank <laughs> you, Hannah. <laughs> okay, so now let's get back to the episode. Oh. You were talking about how on the island. The episode started, boom, right on the island. There's no introduction from Jeff. No. Um, I was Jeff. at my, Yeah, I was at my friend's house. You know, we had this huge Survivor premiere party. By huge, there was only five of us. But it was, <laughs> huge. <laughs> it was huge for me because I have never, ever watched Survivor with a group of friends. And it was so much fun because this is my first time having friends in Dayton to watch with. Wait, the first time having friends or the first time having friends to watch Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah, so, um, so the, the episode started and we're just hanging out and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, we're, they're on the island. There's no like. So did you have to explain this to the people that you were with or they're familiar with the game starting with Jeff on the island, you know, welcoming them in? Oh, yeah. So th the friends I was watching with are also Survivor fans. So. Wonderful. So we were all, we were in it from the get-go. Where were you when you were watching the episode? So I actually did a sneaky. I watched the East Coast feed so I could watch it along with all of my East Coast friends, yourself uh -huh. from the Argo yeah. tribe. Argo tribe represent. Um, I did that and then I went and I attended uh, one of the cast parties. So I was able to watch it along with um, some of the other former contestants, current contestants, and uh, being able to see it twice in a row and just kind of like dissect it was awesome but yeah I watched it by myself because I like to watch the episodes by myself as weird as that sounds and then I like to watch it with people where you can kind of like discuss it oh that is that is awesome um so what were you thinking what are your general thoughts about this premiere like what are you feeling coming I, out of it 
you know me, I have a lot of thoughts. And I had a lot of thoughts instantly. When I met Cool Calm Karishma, I was like, I am so here for this cast. This cast is incredible. When you just look at the picture, um, the cast picture, just meeting them all individually, I really liked that we didn't have a marooning. I liked that we didn't have Jeff doing the introduction because they got to introduce the game, which means we got to see so much of our cast in the first 10 minutes of this game. That's a really good point because I hated how they started on the island. I I love the big introduction from Jeff. I don't care if it's a marooning. Um, <laughs> was it David versus Goliath where they were on the boat and they did a boat. challenge on the boat? Like, right. I love that feel. I love that introduction. So I came out of it hating how it started. I just feel like they just jumped really fast into it and I wasn't ready. But I do agree with what you said. Like, the cast got to introduce the season themselves and that's really right. fun. Yeah, because a lot of the time you won't see a cast member until the challenge. You're like, wait, where was this person for the first 30 minutes of this episode? Exactly. You know, I just saw a stat on Twitter like five minutes ago that the only castaway to not get a confessional was Dean. Every person got a confessional this episode. during the premiere. Yes. Yeah. I mean, According we, to a tweet. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, but I did notice Dean because he's hard to miss. Just going to put it out there. I would like to miss him. <laughs> I do not agree with your statement. <laughs> and each to their own. You didn't like the opening. I love the opening. That's why we're both here. Um, but yeah, Cool Calm Karishma kind of set the tone for me. She was kind of like... You know, we're seeing somebody on our screens. You know, I don't want to be that person to kind of like constantly um, think about diversity. You know, myself, I, I, you know, I'm a diverse individual myself. So I like to see diversity in these shows. I want to find people that I can connect with and kind of relate to. So seeing such a widespread in this cast. Now, I was taking some numbers prior to us recording this. And I, I want to share those numbers with you. Okay, okay. All right, so we have the Lyro tribe and we have the Vokai tribe. Okay. Now, both of these tribes have a median age of about 30, 31, okay? Which means... Ooh! Exactly. Usually we have a lot younger of a cast. There's like seven people in their 20s and maybe three people outside of their 20s. In total of a cast the median age again is 30 31 we have 20 well 20 we have 20 contestants 10 of them are in their 20s and the rest of them are between 30 and 60 so okay. i think that this is one of the seasons that we've seen an older cast and i don't want to say that these people are you know ancient by any means but we right. see a lot of these tribes being made up of young people who get along because they can relate to one another I'm really enjoying that when we saw Jack out there saying, hey, Tommy and I are the youngest guys. I'm like, wait, how young is Tommy? He's 26. Right. He's not 24. He's, you know, we've got an older group of people playing. And I think that's why we saw a little bit of a more cohesive start to this game because we're playing with a group of adults, you know, um, and... <laughs> I mean, I, I say that in the nicest way possible. Uh -huh. Like, I think that they've all got their heads screwed on. They've all lived a good amount of life. You know, we saw people like Keith last season, who's very much a homebody, you know. is Super young. Super young, has a great relationship with his mother. That's why he 
you know, got along with Reem. Like there was that whole kind of thing there, but these people all seem to kind of be out there. Sorry, I'm like bulldozing because like more <laughs> things are popping up. But like even Missy mentioned that the women on her tribe all seem to kind of like do their own thing. They're not going to sit there and wait for somebody else to tell them what to do. Yeah, I wrote a note about that what Missy said as well. Okay, Missy is on uh, the Lyra tribe, right? She is. She's mm-hmm. on Lyra tribe, the orange tribe. And Mm -hmm. she immediately says that she loves all the girls on her tribe and they started a girls alliance. Yeah, I guess a loose one. My question is that we talked about when I was watching with my friends is, does a girls alliance ever work? You know, and is it ever a good idea? I mean, One World is the perfect example. We saw four or five women sitting at the end next to each other. They committed to each other and they stuck by it. And that was a season that they started with men and women and the women Mm -hmm. kind of just like, you. I guess in a season where it's split up that way, you have to make an alliance purely with women. But that's the example that they made it to the end. I don't know that we've necessarily seen that in a lot of other seasons. I know in Big Brother it's a no-no, but I think it works in Survivor. Yeah, so I personally, I love the Girls Alliance. I want that, I'm I'm all about girl power. I want it to happen wow. all the time. And I love the girls in the Lyra tribe, and I hope that they can stick together. Well, considering the tribal council, I don't know how much we want to give away right now, but it looks like the women are sticking together. Yes, I thought Elaine was a goner, and I was just, I was like prepared to cry. Like I was prepared to mourn the loss of Elaine, and then, oh my gosh, it was Ronnie. And I was like, okay, that's, here we go. Well, that's interesting because I, uh, my gut was telling me Ronnie was going home. So, no way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you and I picked up on the different energies going around because Elaine was getting support from people. But I think that a lot of what they were mentioning was kind of like, reel it in. Like they were more like, we're giving you advice right now. Like you don't need to be as likable like because that's gonna make you like we do like you Mm -hmm. we don't want to get rid of you this round right but Ronnie we can't trust him Uh, so what's your vibe on how tribal council went my vibe about tribal council was it was emotional we had two people crying during Mm -hmm. we had Elaine crying we had Vince crying Mm -hmm. I was like wow these people came here to play and they are passionate um Mm -hmm. and then it was Ronnie and it was, it was crazy. I loved it. I loved Sandra and Rob in the little viewing booth. Uh-huh. Oh I want my us to gosh. Kind of, all right. But we need to like, we need to leave that for a chunk. We need to talk about the Rob and Sandra because this is like, let's do it now. This is one of those things that a true survivor fan has been dreading coming up to this season. Cause we're like, will it be a flop? And I'm here to tell you that I think it is the opposite of a flop. I think it completely exceeded my expectations. I was already prepared for uh, Boss and Rob and Sandra banter. I I kept on saying to people, if we get banter from them the way that we did in Heroes vs. Villains, I'm here for this. And they did not disappoint. 
Aren't they so cute? They're like little best friends, like making a shelter on an island, getting some mm-hmm. some visitors to come visit them and teaching and them. And they're like, new welcome things. to our home. And then, like, uh, I've met Sandra before. You've met Sandra before. She is so serious. Like, she's like, let's get down to business. And Boston Rob, he's so intimidating. But uh, they're, I just love them so much. I think getting them out there was kind of this thing of, let's bring in some, I guess, idols at this point. Oh, my gosh, Hannah, I'm embarrassed to say that. I didn't get the idol reference until watching the episode. Oh, you kidding me? <laughs> no, because I just, my brain goes to physical idols now because uh-huh. of Survivor. That That's the whole never... point of the season, Dion. It's supposed to be. I, I understand. Like, I just thought there was going to be this, every opportunity to get an idol. And I was like, ugh, why is that? We don't want that. Not clicking that Sandra and Boston Rob are idols when it comes to the game of Survivor. And like, did you, then, yeah. did you, uh, I totally noticed that the, um, the idol that you win when you win, what is it called? Immunity. Oh my gosh. When you win the, <laughs> <laughs> when you win the immunity challenge, the idol that you get, did you notice there was like two stone faces on it? Yeah. That was, that was like a total like hint to the island of the idols where the two idols are. And did not get this reference. I know. Well, (laughs) and I just like loved that little like hint at it that the contestants totally don't catch. (laughs) So you're like, we know, but you don't know. (laughs) I love it. It's so funny. Because also like, okay, we have to talk about when Elizabeth went to the island. Yes. And so here comes my drop your buff moment. Okay, here we go. (laughs) So we have, we will have each episode, each of us will have a drop your buffs moment where Mm -hmm. the moment of the episode that made our jaws drop in complete shock. And my moment came when Elizabeth apparently did not prepare how to make fire before coming on Survivor. Are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? I know how to do that easily. I, every time I have a bonfire in my backyard, I start fire with flint. You do? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a nerd. Okay. Sure. Live your life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was, the whole time that that segment was going where they're like, do you want to learn how to make fire? And she was learning. I was just completely in shock. Like, is this really happening? But okay. she might be just pretending and going along with it for the sake of TV. But if I was her, I'd be like, this is pointless. Give me some good stuff right now. Cause I would have th- that prepared already. Okay. So I, I will say we don't know how much experience she has with making fire. And um, maybe it was more of a, I've made fire at home, but I haven't made fire out here with nothing and I want to know how you guys do it. Fine, fine. So, I mean, I'm I'm also playing the devil's advocate. I'm going to do yeah. that a lot. I do that in life all the time. <laughs> yeah, you but do. But the thing, I do. And also, if somebody like Rob says, do you want me to show you how to make fire? You say yes. You're, you're going to say no? No, it's cool. I got it. Like, you're there. I would. After, oh, please. <laughs> after, like, like, you get given this spiel that we're here to teach you the tools you need to learn. And if they say, we would like to teach you how to make fire, do you 
are there going to be like other options? Do you think she was given a list of things? Man, here's, here's what my thought was. My thought was that survivor production has an idea of what order of lessons they want to be taught. Mm -hmm. And they wanted fire to be the first lesson. Yeah. Um, now, if I was on the island and I said, no, thank you, I'm good, teach me something else, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that they would necessarily give you that option. They might just say, well, if you think you know how to make fire, here's a challenge. Ooh, yeah. You're right. Because we, um, we might see that. What do you think about the challenge and how Elizabeth accepted the challenge and Boss and Rob said in his confessional, she didn't ask she like he said like he had a bargaining tool or like he mm -hmm. had more in his pocket that she didn't prompt for do you think mm -hmm. that if she would have said no he would have said like okay let me up the ante and i'll give you an idol that will last for five weeks uh whatever how many you know do you think he five had rounds. that opportunity yeah. yeah five rounds do you think he had that opportunity to do that absolutely i yeah. do think that would have been what the case was i think it would have just upped the power of the idol um, at the same time, I, I don't know that it would have changed anything, you know, right. like, right. like he would have upped the stakes, but it doesn't mean the outcome would have been any different. I know. Yeah. So I just, it was another reminder for me. I feel like Survivor is all about thinking outside the box. You mm -hmm. really, you have to observe these things. You have to like see people having conversations and try to like think outside the box about what is going on. And Elizabeth needed to think outside the box of how she could bargain. Not yeah. saying that I would be able to do that, honestly, but it was good for me to watch that and be like, oh my gosh, you really have to yeah. consider things outside the box and be creative out there, you know? Well, let me ask you this question. If you were posed the question by Boston Rob, what would your answer have been? To take the challenge or not? Yeah before watching this episode i would have been like with elizabeth like oh yeah let's go for it but now that i've seen that oh there was this option you know well it's not even about the option for me i would have turned to him and said so you want me to compete against you who has done this a hundred times before on four different seasons thank you for the opportunity but there's absolutely no way and i need my vote Ooh, that is good how how can you how can you think that you're going to beat this man in making a fire when you just watched him make it that quickly? Yeah, you went off with Sandra for a second, but for me, I think I think I saw the the strategy behind playing and not playing. Because yes, I wouldn't throw a challenge, but it also doesn't mean that I'd be willing to set myself up for failure. And I, w I actually watched a different TV reality series years ago where um, the mogul of um, Virgin, he had this reality show where he was looking for his like second in command. And one of the challenges was they were over this waterfall or something in this like container. And there was two contestants in there and they're like, you have to go in there. It's going to drop into the water over this waterfall and you've got to take the challenge. And one of the guys is like, I can't do it. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, if you can't do it, I've got to go in there. So he went in and he's sitting across from this woman because there's a buzzer in there and he hits the buzzer. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, sometimes you need to know when to say no. Like you need to know when it's a safe option and when it's not a safe option. Right, right. And he kind of was giving the lesson 
that you can't just put all of your complete trust and faith in other people, even when they tell you that it's going to be fine. Like you need to be able to, like, I mean, this is a full production. This is a full team rigging, all that kind of stuff. But you got to know when to say no. And I Mm -hmm. think that was one of those moments as no, it's not like falling into into a waterfall, but it is a moment of, I have to contribute to my tribe and I've got to be able to play my game. And if I get my vote taken away from me for the opportunity of an idol that I may not even need, what kind of game am I playing at this point? Right. And I will say that it almost works to her advantage losing her vote because she comes back to her tribe and she says, I played the game and I lost my vote. And they've all seen Ghost Island where people lost their vote Mm -hmm. from going to Ghost Island. So she gets to be like, hey, I lost my vote. I've got nothing. So no one thinks she has anything because they know she lost her vote. Right. But did she say that when they asked her what, happens on the island because she just said she smashed Ooh, an urn right and, she and got, that and she got nothing yeah she did not share anything else about the island and as soon as somebody else goes to the island they're gonna know that she was lying so i don't yeah i don't get it uh, elizabeth it, what's going on because <laughs> my whole thing is somebody else goes they come back and they look at you and say now do i have to lie and right. the situation is if they don't want to lie and they tell the truth they completely out her if I was Elizabeth, I think I would I would either do exactly what she did and then only to- tell a few people the real, the truth. Right. Or I would come back and tell the complete truth if I had yeah. not found an idol. If I came back with an idol, lie. Um, Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. If, if you, if something like that happens... If you come back and say, I was put on an island, Sandra and Boston Rob were there, people are going to be enamored by that. Like, that's all you need to say. You don't need to say, they taught me how to make fire. I was set up for a challenge. You can just say, they gave me words of wisdom, you know? And it's like, it can really be as basic as that. I met Sandra, I met Boston Rob. They asked me how the game was and we just kind of had a therapy session. Right. Is that enough? And like, what's, what's the worst that could happen? You know, did they give you a clue? No, I, I, like, that's not, they they are the idols. Yeah. You know, like you can kind of, because the thing is, if people, like people, whether you say the truth or not, this is, this is the whole thing. Whether you say the truth or not, people are not going to believe you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's it. That's it. So anyways, the show showed her playing it off well. They didn't show anybody saying anything negative about Elizabeth. Am I right? Like everybody was no. an Elizabeth fan. Uh, now people... they did go on, go quickly. No, you go. <laughs> no, I was going to, I was going to kind of take it into a different direction about people who did necessarily, didn't necessarily get great things said about them. That's where I was going to go too. I was going to talk Look about the, Vo- <laughs> the, the Vokai tribe on the other mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. <laughs> Jason was probably gone. I'm guessing, I really think he was probably gone for 20 to 30 minutes. It probably yeah. wasn't that long, but mm-hmm. everyone was just waiting to latch onto something to throw somebody under the bus. And Jason, Jason, my man, you just let yourself go out there under the bus. You just did it. It's, it's funny because I feel like Jason fits this archetype that we see a lot, which is kind of this, um, 
I, I want to say kind of well-rounded business type where we see them in season after season and they kind of fall somewhere into the middle of kind of like the pecking order. They're never necessarily at the front of the game running it. They're never at the back of the game. They're always kind of seen as an asset until they're not. So I think it was very interesting that he was the first person that was kind of targeted. Um, but he did have the trust of another tribe mate in Nora who was willing to come back to him and give him the heads up. <sighs> Nora, Nora, Nora. Before oh, I like to call her Debbie 2.0. But continue. Oh my gosh, she is a Debbie. Oh my, which mm-hmm. is so weird because I love Debbie. I love Debbie Warner from uh, Survivor Co. Wrong, Survivor Game mm-hmm. Changers, Debbie, mm-hmm. my hero. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> She's not my hero. <laughs> but um, I, I think Debbie's hysterical. I do not find Nora appealing whatsoever. I find her very annoying. Okay. Sorry, guys. I just <laughs> do not like her. Something about her just like... Rubs you the wrong way. Uh, yeah. And yeah. that's... It's going to be hard watching her the season. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about this. We were discussing this ever so slightly earlier where um, how we feel about the contestants that have been cast. And you had mentioned, go ahead. I know you would like to mention I was, I told Dion before we started recording that this cast, I love this cast. And I feel like I either love the people on the cast or there's people that I... I don't want to say hate, but I really don't like some people. So it's not like there's people that I'm like, eh, there's just people like, oh yeah. And there's people like, ugh. and Nora is one of those people that I just do not get. (laughs) And I do not like her, um, on the other side of the, uh, of the balance of people I love and hate. I love Lauren. I love Lauren so much. I just see myself in Lauren. She is so happy. She is like connecting with people and her confessionals were so much fun. And so those are like just two people that I love and don't Mm -hmm. love. So, (laughs) well, my whole take on this season is what I love about this cast is I don't hate anyone. And so it's funny that you have that take on it. And I have this take (laughs) because I, I, I think that they all come across as real people. They're all relatable. And I can see myself having a conversation with every single one of these people without it being um, forced. Right. So that's kind of what I like about it. Are there people that I like more than others? Yes. But is there anybody that I'm voting, like, I don't want to see them at the end? No, not right now. Even Nora. I think that she could, I think that she could be that person that we see get to the end and you you love to hate her. Like she could be the Angelina of this season. (laughs) Love it. Well, in saying that we've got an awesome cast of individuals. So let's kind of break it down. Let's do a quick, like go through each tribe, each member and just get some kind of idea of what we're thinking. Right. Uh, I want to start with someone who was like, in my opinion, like a superstar of this episode was Janet. I Um, love Janet. On Vokai Tribe, Janet was, can you believe that she started that fire? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. I could not believe it. 
I was, I'm a huge Janet fan, as I'm sure all of America is. Janet is amazing. She, um, she started the fire. She did the grappling hook thing during the immunity challenge. Yeah. And knocked it out of the park. Uh, Janet, you are superwoman. I think someone called her super mom. Yeah. And Janet, you are killing it. We're loving you. Mm -hmm. She's fantastic. I think that she really kind of pulled her weight in this episode. I'm not even in the challenge, just around camp. She seems to be very switched on. I loved her approach to talking about how you've got to kind of give them something to like want to keep you around for. And also right. I loved her take on the Dan scenario because so many times you'll see the Dan scenario being the touchy feely uh, stuff Ooh, that was going on. Yep, Dan was touching everyone. Mm -hmm. So my, what I appreciated about Janet's input about that is she's, she mentioned, you know, as a person and as a woman, I acknowledge that when these things happen, you have to say something. And, you know, handsy, touchy-feely, whatever that is, that can escalate to things that make people feel really uncomfortable. We never want to, you know, justify people's actions, but we do want to make sure that everybody is aware of the situation. And I just think that what she said kind of sat in a situation where, you know, people are talking about stuff behind someone's back. They're going to bring it to that person's attention so that they can conduct themselves in a certain way that makes everybody feel comfortable. Because I think in, in a way, I'm also a touchy-feely person. I love to give people massages. That's just kind of my way of connecting with people. And a lot of people connect through touch. And I think that it's um, it's meant to be something to kind of like get people to kind of like be a little more comfortable with one another. But unfortunately, in this case, it's gone the complete opposite direction. Yeah, but you what could tell I, that. Let's kind of get rid of it. You could tell that Dan that Dan probably loves uh, that's his love language is physical touch, and he's trying. Yeah. To, they're trying to form these uh, bonds with people by touching them, and I am the complete opposite. Um, I, it, it makes me, watching that part of the episode made me squirm all over. When he was touching, like, the top of Kelly's neck and, like, massaging up there, I was like, ugh, ugh, ugh. I did not like that. I am, I am in Kelly's shoes 100%, like. See, that's so funny. I remember being in classes where we would, because uh, I, I used to do music theater, and we used to have everybody go up in front of the class one by one and perform. And while we were watching, I'd have people come and sit in front of me so I could give them massages. Like people would like line up so I could just kind of like, you know, they dig into their shoulders, their back, their neck, whatever. So no, like you. we're from two very different worlds. And he is from the performing arts world as well. You know, he is a talent manager. So he's coming across a lot of people who are very aggressive, very in your face. And like, what can I do for you? Can I massage your feet? What can I do? So I think he's got a different mindset than her and it's not to say that either one is the correct mindset they're just different how do you think that uh kelly handled that by talking to him on the beach i think it came across really well i do too i think i i'm happy that she did that rather than just continuing to talk about it behind his back and you know villainizing him for something that it can be seen as well you're letting him do it but you don't like it. So now it's just kind of an ugly situation. I think that by the end of the episode, we saw it kind of get a little more, um, all right, it's something that's been addressed and we can kind of move on. Right. And if they need to 
use that issue for strategic purposes to Mm -hmm. get him out for some reason and they're going to use it but you know like you said it's been dealt with and we'll see what happens yeah well another person who was feeling a little uncomfortable was molly so we've been talking in our group chat about how she kind of looks like an alexis 2.0 from fans versus favorites you know their silhouettes are very similar like the curly brown hair and um they just both have that kind of cheery personality so she also felt a little bit uncomfortable but um she also seems to be getting along with the cast really well we saw that scene with the clan and the oh the my water goodness in the i laughed she, out loud it, it was a great moment i mean it's it's one of those real moments like we want to kind of feel real moments in survivor i think that's another thing i was wanting to point out which is this season has kind of brought back the survival elements. We've seen them like try to make fire. You know, we're seeing them with these clams coming out of the water. Like a few seasons have gone by where it feels more like a game show and a little more conducted where this is kind of bringing back in the survival elements. Right. Um, Also thinking about, you know, that moment with the clam and everything that reminds me of Jamal on that tribe. Mm -hmm. I love Jamal. He seems so great. He seems so friendly and nice. And I feel like he will go very far in this game. I see him setting himself up really well. And mm-hmm. I I have my winner watch on him. I yeah. just see winner potential with him. I I enjoy him a lot. I think that he's got this kind of very charming personality about him. He's able to talk to a lot of people. I mean, there was a group of six people coming together to make an alliance. And one of them said, oh, I like Jamal too. Yeah, let's bring him in. He wasn't even there. Exactly. So the fact that they were willing to include him in that moment just goes to show how, um, how charming he is. And that could really be helpful for him throughout the game. And I think that's kind of a little bit different to how Elaine is likable, but she's seen as threatening he's seen as right. you know somebody you want to work with because he might be pumping the brakes a little bit where he needs to yeah exactly so we're seeing a ton of people making great social connections mm-hmm. people are already coming off like seeming like social threats strategic threats immunity threats you know we're mm-hmm. seeing that happening and i am i am like so excited for this season like I just feel like Rob and Sandra could easily be uh-huh. like the the big superstars of the season, but this cast is so amazing that this cast is the superstars as well, if that makes sense. I personally want to thank CBS and casting um, for Tommy. Um, oh, he... we haven't even <laughs> talked about Tommy yet. Tommy. Adorable. He I is... love him so much. I love Tommy. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? And the fact that, like, the way he talks about kind of relating with people and he's got that kind of game element at the forefront of his mind, you know? He is a nice guy, but he does have the game as the priority. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see how that goes. And can we just talk about how it's nice to have another, like, redheaded man out there that's not <laughs> just seen as, like, the meathead that Patrick was. Oh, Patrick. Oh, my goodness. The nerd that Cochrane is. Like, this is like... The perfect... 
a true <laughs> redheaded man that doesn't fit some kind of novelty stereotype. This guy, he works with kids, so he definitely has patience, you know, and he wants to inspire people, which is, you know, that can be very convincing to a group of people and to a jury. Yeah. Yes, I, and as a fellow teacher, I am so excited to watch a teacher, like, play their heart out in this game. I mean, Ron Clark was an educator. He was a whole nother <laughs> case than Tommy is. So um, I'm, I'm rooting for Tommy. I love the part where he, like, choked up talking about his girlfriend back home. Like, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that's adorable. It, and that, that was one of those true moments. Like, we saw Lauren and him connect, you know, and it was like, this guy is connecting with people in a real life way. Like I already have my, my dream final two right now, Lauren and Tommy. Dream final two, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. I mean, I don't know, but if that women's alliance from the, you know, the Lyra tribe, if that women's alliance comes through, we're gonna have a hard time seeing that final two. Oh, that is true. Hey, right, let's, smash through, let's smash through these names. Okay. And just quick thoughts. All right, Ronnie. Bye. Yeah, bye, Ronnie. Uh, love seeing a brown boy out there, but unfortunate how it played out. So that's kind of sucky, but it was it was good to have him as one of those villains that we see go very early in the game. Yes. All right, Elizabeth. Big eyes. She was always just like talking Bright with her giant eye, eyes. Bushy tailed. Love yep. it. I'm I'm love a it. fan. Missy. Oh, I mean, she's going, she's going far. She seems like she has a really good feel for the game, feel for her tribe. I think mm -hmm. she's going far. And I think she's been good to kind of round the women up, but then also kind of like see that there's other numbers in that tribe as well. So I'm really yes. excited to see her play. Yes. Uh, we have Dean. Ugh. I think that he's going to be interesting. Remember, we didn't see a lot of Alec in the first five or six episodes of his season. And then Alec came out as this huge player that they eventually got out. So I'm, I'm seeing a bit of an Alec edit there. I mean, Dean, sure, he's fine. He's just not a guy that I would hang out with in real life. So I'm not, you know, naturally like inclined to be a fan of his. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a bit of a uh, an interesting character, and I'm I'm interested to see where his storyline goes. If yeah, we'll see we'll see if my thoughts change on him. Yeah, all right, Tom, big Tom. This is another big, big Tom. He is uh, the first Canadian to ever play Survivor. Correct. I do believe he resides in the United States, but he is Canadian. Um, you know, passport, citizenship, all that kind of stuff. But I actually compared his kind of charm and allure to that of Tom Westman, not even realizing that his name is Tom as well. Yes, I totally agree with that. He is, you know, the view of him, he's this big dude, but he is really getting along with everybody and being calm and quiet and taking a step back. Um, great job this episode, Tom. Yeah, there's a lot of big guys on that tribe, including Aaron, who's another big guy. But, Aaron, ugh, uh, yeah, not a fan of Aaron. I don't. He's gonna flame out. I really think so. I don't see him going far. 
Well, the thing with Aaron, he's the only person that was out of that vote. There was two votes for Vince. And in the, you know, next week on Survivor, we see him talking to, I think it's Elizabeth, um, saying, you know, I don't trust anybody. So if you don't trust anybody and you're on the outs, like, that's not good, mate. So we'll see. <laughs> um, how about Vince? Oh, Vince was lovely. He was so sweet. I'm so glad he survived this vote. Because, um, you know, he just you just look at the tribe and you see some people who stick out as first boot potential, but you don't want them to be first boot potential. But I was just so glad he was able to survive that vote. I think he does have the potential of going far just because he does have that way of relating to people on a human level and just being a little more authentic. So I think his tribe are going to lap that up and see him as an asset um, going forward in the game in terms of numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, we have Karishma. I love, love some Karishma. Yep, Karishma, awesome. She, I hope she goes far. Well, yeah, I mean, she has already mentioned she's like, I'm in this women's alliance with Elaine. She did seem a bit hesitant, so I'm interested to see uh, which alliance she's going to prioritize. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have Elaine. Elaine, she she was awesome. I think that the second she talked about going commando during the challenge, I was hooked. I was like, I am an Elaine fan all the way. She is a little rough and tumble. Now, Elaine's not necessarily somebody that I would see myself coming across in the real world, but I swear if she's a talker, I'm a talker, we would just not stop talking. <laughs> I'm all about it. I think that she's a very strong addition to this cast, and I'm really excited to see how she goes in this game. Yes. Okay. Do we have the Vokai tribe next? No, we've got one more. We've got Chelsea. Okay. Oh, of, Chelsea. Of course. Of, she... of airtime. Yes. Fellow female super fan, Chelsea. Yeah. I am rooting for her. I see myself in her. And I mean, I felt so bad for her losing the puzzle at the end of the challenge. You know, as a super fan, you don't want that to be you. Um, but I think, I think she's got good potential going forward. Yeah, it's them. Um, I don't think they even questioned her ability in the puzzle. Um, I think it was, you know, she went out there and gave it a red hot go. She's the one that's been really vocal about the island of idols, you know, and, and she got a lot of airtime. So I'm really excited to see where she goes. Yes. All right. So we are into the Vokai tribe. We have Lauren, our favorite Lauren. <laughs> like I've said about Lauren, I... She is my winner pick. I love her, and I, I, I've got good feelings about her. I, I think she's great. I think that she's had some really good confessionals. I like how she's been relating to her tribe. She's got herself into a large alliance. She's the one that's also talking to people about how they're feeling. You know, a lot of people expressing the whole Dan situation to her. And she's like, yep, yep. You know, not weighing in, just kind of listening and taking it all in. So I think she's um, she's somebody who's going to have a good uh, pulse on the tribe. And she'll probably know where the votes are going um, and if they're ever going in her way, which I don't see happening very soon. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have Molly, our Alexis 2.0. Right. Yeah, we said that about her. She she seems like she's doing great. <laughs> we haven't seen much on her, yeah, but I think, I think it's going well. I think that she... Did we see some footage of her with uh, Jack early on? I think that oh, she's going to yes. be probably buddying up with maybe Jack and how t- Jack and Tommy have kind of a thing going on. 
I think Molly's going to find herself in some of the numbers and I don't think she's going to be uh, worried. I don't think she needs to be worried too early on. Yeah, I, she was talking about she wanted uh, the tribe, the people who last in the tribe to be the good vibes and have be fun and happy. So you go, Molly. Get that, get that going. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we have Kelly. How do you feel about Kelly? <sighs> what to say about Kelly? I do not know for sure how I feel about Kelly. I did not relate with her much mm -hmm. until the touchy moment. And I was like, yes, Kelly, I agree with you of not wanting people touching you. So that's how I feel. See, I didn't relate to her, especially in that moment. <laughs> I was like, what right. do you mean? I'm like, you're in the middle of the jungle with nothing and you don't want anything. Really? <laughs> Touch. Here's the thing. I when we were on a tribe together, I was not touchy feely with you at all. I feel like I picked up what you were putting down. Good. I turned in between Des and you know, and I just kind of like did I, I stuck to the people who I knew I could stick with, you know, and you were on your side doing your thing, and I think that's just the way it's gonna be played out. You just can't push people's <laughs> No limits. A uh, quick, just a quick um, story. Going into when we played Survival Challenge, my one of uh -huh. my huge stressors was going to be at sleeping at night, and if I was going to be cold, and if I would have to cuddle with someone, I was just like dreading the idea of having to cuddle with someone. So it's just so funny that like now we're talking about it, and by the end of Survival Challenge, I was like hugging everyone. I was. I don't know, in just in this in the span of like four days of like an intense survivor game, I was just like, mm -hmm. I love everybody. Oh, oh, you know, whatever. So, anyways, quick story. Yeah. Um, Jason. Boy, you better get yourself out of the grave you just dug yourself. So Jason's one of those ones that I'm just kind of like. Yeah, exactly. He's one that is just kind of like, you know what? There's the potential for you to get out of this, but all the power to you, mate. We'll see, we'll see what happens. We saw know. we saw Nick do it during David versus Goliath. He dug himself out of the grave that he dug himself. I was actually about to say that as well. And I was mm -hmm. like, was it the same edit? And it kind of was. It really was. But who knows? There's a potential for him to pick this up and, and run with it, you know? Um, Jack, 23-year-old Jack, powerhouse in the challenge, helping everyone out. Right. I... Does he have the mental fortitude to last in the game? Can can he work strategically to make it to the end and win? I think the potential's there. I, I really yeah. do. I think he's got that. He reminds me, was it Alec, the brothers from Blood versus Water, the second one? I, I, I He kind of has that silhouette of like surfer dude and stuff like that mm -hmm. but even just the fact that he's already talking to Tommy and Tommy seems to have that kind of thing going on as a priority I think I think he's just he's surrounding himself with the right people and I'm I, I don't see him being an early boot I really don't and we have Nora yes your I favorite shared, Nora. I shared how I feel about Nora uh I know that the Nora on TV is not the same as the Nora in real life. I just do not enjoy the Nora on TV. Well, I'm excited for next week because she got a bit of an edit in the next week on Survivor. So we'll see how that goes because I am yeah. very curious. Yeah. Uh, Dion, have you shared your drop your buff moment yet? I haven't shared my drop my buff moment. Um, that was Tribal Council, Treehouse, 
Boston Rob turning to Sandra and saying, was it this hard for you? Her response was everything <laughs> that I wanted. And, and what was her response? Um, F-bomb, no. Um, I'd vote you out of here right away. Like, because he instantly started laughing and was just, I'm sitting here going, are they laughing in a treehouse where people can hear them? But, you know, <laughs> who knows what they could hear. It was just, it was all, it was the whole scenario for me. It was beautiful. It was, it was, you can't write that. You can't write that. That is the beauty of reality TV. And the beauty of Sandra and Rob on our TV, especially Sandra. I, I love Sandra. She's my queen. I'm excited. I'm thrilled that we have an awesome cast and the additions of Boston Rob and Sandra going into the season. I think it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to continue to be doing this podcast with you, Hannah. I I'm know. very excited. I think right now it's kind of just like a very general uh, view on our cast. I can't wait until we have some more drama play in. I think right now the only thing we really have to work with is, you know, Aaron's on the outs of the vote on his side. Um, we've got the whole kind of separation um, on the Purple Tribe. And we'll just see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm so excited to see what happens next. And I love as, as the season goes on, I love getting to know these people more and really relating with them. You know, the first episode is always so weird because they just feel like strangers and then we get to get to know them more. So, you know, let's just wrap it up. What do you think? Let's wrap it up. Remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever yes. you listen to podcasts or find us on YouTube where we are video recording this conversation so you yes. can watch us talk through it and our channel is uh drop your buffs survivor chat with dion and hannah dion's um handle is dion alexander spelled d-j-o-n our mm -hmm. twitter handle is drop your buff pod and my handle is hannah Gillia. Gillia is spelled g-i-l-i-a is there anything else we need to add dion um, that I think you're fantastic and it's been an absolute pleasure to be doing this podcast with you for this very first episode recap. I'm so excited for the rest of the season and I just, I'm, I'm thrilled that I have such an amazing, uh, you know, what would we, what I call you, a co-star? Co-host? Co I mean, I like co-star. Oh yeah, we're stars. <laughs> we are stars of our very own podcast. But yes, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Hannah. And I can't wait to speak to you next week. Let's do this right. again. And drop your buffs. Get out of here. We don't really have a send-off, do we? Buckle up and drop your buffs. Buckle up. Drop your buffs. And <laughs> we'll see you next time on Drop Your Buffs with Hannah and Dion. Or we could just say what Jeff always says. Dion, I've got nothing for you. See you next time. <laughs> uh, I like that. All right, Hannah, I've got nothing for you. I'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. It was better when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.